ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to Guns and Yellow Ribbons live. Uh, you are uh, listening and watching to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, um, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. I'm Fergus, I'm your host. Uh, I'm joined by old man Trev, uh, Big T, Big Tony and not so big Steve. And people on the video will see that Steve's lost nearly seven stone. We'll get into that in a few minutes. Listen, it's the first game back. Uh, we've looked at the Brentford game that we've been to, some of us. Uh, us couldn't for various reasons. Then we'll look ahead to the Chelsea game. And uh, just a general Gooner debate. Um, Steve, Steve, don't turn, yeah. do not turn sideways. We will not see you if you turn sideways. <laughs> hey, stop, You're stop blowing smoke up me ass. I'm not there yet, but thank you very much. Um, yeah, so obviously in the off season, well, actually, it was still it was, it was the morning of the Fulham morning before the Fulham game uh, that was an absolute shambles. Uh, I went and had a gastric sleeve. I've been on a few podcasts since, I think, but just to recap, yeah, I had a gastric sleeve, which is essentially where they remove eighty percent of your stomach. Um, and since deep of April, I've lost almost one and a half stone, probably more because I weigh in on Fridays. So I'm, I'm getting there. So um, yeah, I'll definitely, definitely looking forward to being back up the Emirates this season. Um, you know, just be, just being able to fucking walk around like language. Walk. Listen, listen, listen <laughs> language, around. language. There's, oh, there's yeah. only one I'm bit of language to... allowed in here, which you'll see in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. But yeah, you know, not having to worry. Because even though I knew nobody would judge me or whatever, just knowing that I would struggle to to come up to the Emirates before, even before Mate, lockdown, like listen, I just wouldn't have been able to do it. Whereas now, you've done absolutely fantastic, absolutely mm. fantastic, and you got all those schooners behind you. People joining exactly. in the chat, Donna's already said hello, little Steve. So you you'll have to change <laughs> your Twitter handle. Um, uh, not so little, Big T. How are you, Tony? Boys, I'm I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. Um, hopefully, you will have a good summer. Uh, Try to try to distance yourself from the Arsenal and just enjoy the summer before the uh, the season starts and the whole uh, next nine months is ruined. But um, Steve, just a quick one, mate. Fair play to you. You look really well. Fergus, Thank you're you looking know. good as well, mate. I can't say the same about you in the top right hand corner. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, your one man fan club's in there, Hilsey. Heath is there. He says, "Oh, how I've missed you." That's direct, straight at you. It is. That is. <laughs> how are you doing, Trev? <laughs> Heaps in me good books at the minute. Heaps in me good books. Let's hope he stays there because I don't want to have to, you know, chase him down again like last season. Steve, I think you've done amazing, mate. You look amazing. Just keep up the good Thanks, work, mate. mate. Yeah. You know, keep at it now. Don't relax on it, mate. You'll keep getting stuck nah. in some. And, uh, we'll see you down the Arsenal soon. And Fergus, yes. who's the bloke in the bottom left with a big mouth? Have I got to go and find him somewhere then or what? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take. Yeah, I'll, I think you might. I, I think. I think you might find him in the pins on 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 Sunday. Listen, Trev, myself and yourself, we got together with uh, a load of the guys uh, from the WhatsApp group and some other friends, Potsy, uh, and 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 all. And we got to an away game. Some of us had met up in between on various different games, and I, I was lucky enough to go to the Rapid Vienna game, the the Brighton game with yourself, but. For the first time in eighteen months, and, and I don't know what it felt like when I bumped into Potsy and uh, Red Ken and 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 Hoggy, 
uh, at Liverpool Street before and I had this little tingle that's just come on the back of my neck again. And it was just divine to get together and be together again. Uh, you you went to a slightly different bar, but you did come down and meet us. Christ, do we have to walk a lot? Did we have to walk a lot? Yeah, I tell you what, mate. It's, it's, it's you know it's meant to be in the west end, of, west of the city. You know, quite quite accessible, but that wasn't the case, was it? It was a long walk to the ground, and uh, then it was <laughs> it was a hell of a long walk afterwards, wasn't it? I mean, you know, they just kept they just shut all the underground stations. None of the stewards knew where we were going to go. Which way to point us? So we just made our own way. After about, I don't know, it must have been a good half an hour, forty-minute walk. We found Chiswick Park Station. After we'd walked past about three or four other stations, and they let us in. So we was happy with that. But to be honest with you, the travelling to and from the stadium wasn't was the least of our worries. After that, <laughs> it was a leap. But as you said, it was great meeting up with everyone again. I saw all the faces. Managed to get around three or four different places and meet different people. It was lovely. It was just a lovely feeling, lovely atmosphere to be back amongst the Arsenal family, really, yeah. Trev, when and, you say you get all the faces, obviously Sunday's going to be more important, isn't it? You know, you're looking forward to Sunday more. I'm looking forward to the point you're buying me on Sunday, Big T. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, listen, a big shout out to Dave, Dave Hurl. Um, Dave, unfortunately, had kidney stones and hence how I got um, a, a ticket. And I know Dave does tune in sometimes live and sometimes uh, uh, listens back on the audio. Um, so thank you very much. Much, much appreciated, mate. I, I do appreciate um, you thinking of me and I managed to get there. Um, the stadium is a new stadium. There was no beer in the stadium. Probably done you a favour, uh, Trev, because you weren't drinking at all, were you, um, um, on that day? I had two pints, mate. I had two pints all day. Yeah, but it was it's quite a quite a quite a long way up, isn't it, don't you think? Into that into that stadium? It's well it, it's not normally, is it? But it just it just felt it, didn't it? Because we were in a bit of a rush to get in. There's only a, there's, there's very few turnstiles to let 17 and a half hundred away fans in. So we were queuing for quite a bit outside, and then we were right in the very back row of the stand, so we had to get up all the steps at my age. It's a fucking long walk up here, Fergus boy. <laughs> Apologies. That was the only bit of swearing that's allowed in it, but we were absolutely blowing out of our asses, weren't we? It was a long way up there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a long way up there, but it was good. I, I thought that the uh, the Arsenal fans within the stadium were really good. We were very loud and proud and. Uh, I've heard that it came across on the telly that the Arsenal fans were really quiet. And then I saw on social media this week. I don't know if it was you, was it, Tone? It might have been you. Someone put a picture on social media and the TV companies had placed all the microphones around the ground that pick up the crowd sound. And the corner where the Arsenal fans are, they'd not put any out there at all. None at all. So it was obvious that the Brentford fans were going to sound louder. And I was it wasn't me, mate. It weren't me, but I, I see what you're talking about. But they do that at every stadium. Uh, uh, microphones are carefully placed at certain positions around the stadiums, which is why some grands and some fans sound a lot louder than others, which is not always yeah. the case. It's not always the reality. But as you know, um, Sky and, and BT and the other TV companies, they'll dictate and, and, and have their favourites. So some always sound louder than others, mate. Yeah, well, it does just need to be said, though, for the record that, the Arsenal fans did not let their team down on Friday night. 
they were loud, they were proud, and they were singing their heads off, to be honest, which got to be, it got more and more difficult as the game went on to do. But, you well, know, they kept it up for most of the game. Well, especially in the first half, I think, uh, if I'm honest, I think in the first half, I would say we, we, we sung proud and uh, I've got some videos of uh, of the crowd singing and then I swung around to yourself and he's giving, oh, Siddle, oh, Siddle is the old man. Uh, and I, and it, it was just it was just really, really enjoyable. Let's talk about the, the lineups. There was no Lacazette. There was no Aubameyang. Um, what did we make of that? Tony, I'll come to you first. What did you, what did you make of no Lacazette, no Aubameyang? Um, was a bit of a shock, mate. If I, if I'm being totally honest, the news the news filtered through about I don't know just before midday that there was rumours that those two weren't going to play. Mysteriously, both come down with illness. Uh, there is a rumour going around. There was a bit of an outbreak of COVID within the Arsenal camp, and it's being sort of kept hush hush because of Premier League um, policies. They obviously don't want another outbreak, but I don't believe it, mate. If I'm honest, there, there's more. I don't there's more to it. No, there's more to it. The meteor. I think Arteta's. Um, I think there's been a bit of a falling out. Whether it's because they're the older players, and obviously Arteta is a younger manager, they can't quite grasp what he wants and vice versa. Um, but they've, they've both clearly got attitude problems. Um, I would like to get rid of them and sort of start afresh. If I have to keep one, though, I'd rather keep Lacazette than Aubameyang. I think uh, Lacazette offers more to the team as we've discussed before. His overall gameplay is more suited to the youngsters. Aubameyang. You know, it's gone. He's, he's gone past the, the stage of now being just a phase, just a blip. You know, a dip in form. Um, you know, he, he's had a good year now where he's been shocking. Um, I must also say, I don't think his brother helps whatsoever because I think his brother's an absolute first class. See you next Tuesday. Um, and I think he's very similar and reminiscent of the Anelka situation. Uh, I think he's a bit of a bad egg. Um, and yeah, Aubameyang's attitude as well over the last sort of few months hasn't particularly been great uh, and his performances of players attitudes will always um, you can always turn a blind eye to players attitudes and off field activities if their performance is on the field um, if they go on if, if they talk the talk you have to walk the walk if you don't walk the walk on the pitch then you will be scrutinised and that's 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 life um, Aubameyang his performances I don't think have been any real different over the last couple of years the difference was he was scoring so you could hide that. You can, you know, you could sweep his performances under the carpet because he was actually scoring goals still. At the moment, he's not doing neither. So you are going to be scrutinised. He's off the field activity is going to be scrutinised. His relationship and what he does with his brother is going to be scrutinised. And I just, I just don't. I think it's, it's not part ways. I, th I think there's um there's a clause in his contract, and I don't know how public it is, but I, what my understanding is is that when he signed that um uh, three year extension. Uh, and he served one year of that extension, that if we didn't have Champions League football, never mind European football, um, he could actually break the contract. And he's technically in his final year and he can walk uh, right now. Lacazette is in the same position. He can, he can, um, he's in his final year and, and, and can Tell walk in January. So, well, yeah, yeah no, it, it, fine. If, listen, if you don't want to wear it, come on, go on, Trev. Son, that, that, that's fine. Now, he can have whatever he wants in his contract. He can have whatever yep. he wants in his contract. That's no excuse for the poor performances on and off the field. No excuse at all. No excuse at all, you know. Um, and Tony's right. Al Alba has scored goals. So, we, you know, and, and, and that was all we really wanted from a forward. And, and when he stopped, we noticed that, that there were other things that maybe could be improved in his game. And 
you know, we don't. I don't talk too too badly about players, and I don't talk. I don't really have a pop at them, but I, I do have an opinion on them, and I have quite a strong one on Albamiang at the moment. I think that um, I think that his antics on and off the field have not been up to the standard of Arsenal Football Club. Certainly not a captain of Arsenal Football Club. And uh, when I heard that him and Lacquer weren't playing on Friday, I can honestly say, I can honestly say that I thought, oh, okay, okay. So they're not playing. You know, we ain't going to be any worse. Actually, what came in and replaced them was clearly not ready for that game. But we weren't any worse because they've not been scoring goals and we didn't score any goals, you know. So, yeah, I wasn't upset with, with, with them not being available. And Steve, uh, the replacement for Aubameyang and Lacazette is uh, you watch the youth squad. We have the joke, chubby for the kids, da-da-da-da-da. But uh, you watch you, you watch the... Um, the youth team a lot more than most of us and, and you follow uh, some of the unders and stuff like that. Uh, people have been screaming wildly about giving this guy a new contract. Um, Balogun, he was given his opportunity. Myself personally, I didn't think he grasped that with both hands. And uh, no, Sean, uh, what was your thoughts I... on of him in the lineup, first of all, and then his performance? Um, I, I was I was pleased to see him starting simply because uh, he's, he was the only striker actually available. I would have thought Pepe may have gone into centrally and Saka would have started and been rushed back um, or maybe Martinelli through the middle and Saka on the left or someone else on the left. Uh, so to see him get his chance, I thought I thought it was nice. I thought it was good for him. But um as, as much as I do like seeing the youth and do believe that there are some really talented youth players, you know, the, the joke is there. It's a running joke, but I'm not, I'm not unrealistic about it. I mean, I know in the past I've banged on about Eddie and, and I've now got a reputation for really liking Eddie, but I'd, if Eddie wasn't, if Eddie wasn't ill or injured, whatever it would have been, I would have hundred percent have had him in the lineup simply because in preseason, I don't right just 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 as a disclaimer, I don't think Eddie Nketiah is good enough for Arsenal going forward. I don't think he's a he's a, a bad player. I just don't think he's what we need, and I don't think his his all round game is as exciting as somebody like Balogun's. However, in preseason, Nketiah was our best striker, and so I would have thought until somebody said that he was injured, he would have played. However, he did. Balogun got his chance. And no, I don't think he took it with both hands. But how much of that is, you know, last minute being told, right, son, you're, you're in. And, and I know there's there's going to be people saying, well, he's got, to have the, he's got to have the big game mentality if he's going to make it at the top level and, and everything else. But these are his, you know, his Premier League debut, is it not? Um, he's got a long way to go. He's got a lot of, lot of developing still to do. But as a raw talent, I think, I think we'll see a lot more of him and he will produce a lot more on the pitch this season. Um, agreed. Uh, Ray has just put a question in the chat and we will come back to this, Ray. Um, do we think Edu has done a good job at the Arsenal uh, so far? Let's go through the the, the the Brentford game first of all and, and we'll look ahead to the Chelsea game and some recruitment stuff. Uh, we're hearing breaking news about uh, goalkeeper Ramsdale has also signed as, as well as Odegaard uh, tonight. He has signed. Um, uh, Sky Sports News are reporting. No, it, it, uh, it's only uh, and a, a fee's been agreed in principle. So obviously, yes, yeah, just a medical, and then that'll obviously be. Does confirmed. it say how much the fee is? No, there's various rumours, mate. Um, from 18 million with Adams Listen. to 20 million with Adams to 24. But ultimately, do you know what? Although I'm not a big fan of Ramsdale, though, that ideally didn't want him. 
Why are we talking about money? For years, we said we didn't care about money, and now all of a sudden, it's a big mm-hmm. problem. If Arteta wants him and he goes on to be a successful keeper, you got to remember, as, although I'm not his biggest fan and I don't think he's great as a keeper, he's only 23. Um, yeah. I, I don't give a monkey's about him getting relegated from teams. Maguire got no. relegated, Ritter got, got relegated, Wijnaldum got relegated. They all turned out to be good players. Mm-hmm. So, that, so that argument ain't great for me. I, I personally don't think he's that great as a goalkeeper, and I thought there was other options available. But at 23, I can see why Arsenal are targeting I can see what they're trying to do, and I can see the, the profile they're trying to build at Arsenal with all these youngsters. So, and, you know what? If he costs that money, and, you know, I know Ferg's got... Go on, Ferg, you talk about Leno, and because I want to bring something up regarding yeah, Leno. Yeah, but to, to be honest, what what I want to do is get get this game out of the way because it, it, everything's very fluid at the minute. So, so first and foremost, if you look at the areas that we're looking at, and uh, Trev, I'll come to you first. If we break down the the areas, I, I, you got defending midfield and forwards, and I know we had a quick chat about this yesterday. Uh, if we look at the the defending overall, we had our new signing. Um, uh, uh, ben White um, and we all three of our, our new signings um, got a run out at some point uh, but Ben White was playing we also had uh, Tierney uh, we had Mary and we had Bellerin at right back so quite surprised to see Bellerin uh, playing and then we had Leno between the six but we, did, we didn't have much of a choice but to have Leno uh, right now what was your what was your overall impression of that performance that we had uh, from uh, the defensive set up at um at the Brentford game uh, Trev okay well for me for me I've, I've I've had lots of faith in Leno but I, I, I'm starting to have a few doubts about him you know because I heard it said the other day Leno's a great shot stopper well a great shot stopper is not what Arsenal Football Club need right that that a great shot stopper isn't what fits our format if we're going to continue to play this playing out from the back we need we need we need a different goalkeeper but I was quite happy with watching Ryan in his couple of games last year. I thought that Ryan looked a different class. I thought he gave us a different a different look to our back line completely. I think they played as a better, back, confident, more confident back four in front of him. So Leno, for me, he's, he's had his chances. He's not bad, but I don't think he's quite good enough for us. And he certainly doesn't fit us at the moment. Trev, can I just cut you up there? Obviously, you're saying about Leno not being good enough. Now, I, I looked at this from a, from a different... Um, perspective. Now, for two seasons, he was arguably our player of the season in both years. Um, he was very good. He was good, very good at the first half of last season. Martinez then goes, and all of a sudden, he's just a ho- like a Rocky Horror Show. Do you think that's a lot of it comes down to because he's got no challenge, he's complacent, he's got no worries, he knows he's going to be number one? Do you think because he's got no one really pushing him, all of a sudden the mindset's completely different? Because when you're being pushed, yeah, when you're being pushed, you you. you you know, you your rewards and, and what you your performances on the pitch are far greater because you know there's no room for for error. It, it's really interesting point you make in that. No, I, I I don't think it's necessarily that Tony. Although that's we all perform if we're all comfortable in what we do, we tend to drop our performances a little bit, don't we? That's life in general. But a couple of things that happened. One one happened in the preseason game against Chelsea at the Emirates, and one happened the other night against Bournemouth, I think, and. Leno's got a ball at his feet and he's looking to pass the ball out from the back and Granite Xhaka is stood in front of him, yeah? Well, Granite Xhaka's got players within 10 metres of him, yeah? And Granite Xhaka absolutely demanded the ball off of Leno. Give me, you can see him gesturing, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. And Leno gave him the ball. And both times, Xhaka lost the ball and we very nearly gave a goal away. Very, very nearly gave a goal away. 
Now I want a goalkeeper that's gonna that's gonna I want a goalkeeper that's gonna look up and say to Granite Xhaka or any other the players for that for that for that you know on that thought. No, you're not getting the ball in this instance. We've been closed down. We've got a high press on. We'll go over the top and take our chances further up the field. You know, and Leno tends to really delay and not decide when he's going to do that. And for me, I'm not going to talk about Martinez other than the fact that Martinez didn't do that. And Ryan, when I saw him, didn't do that. They were quick to read the situation. There's nothing on short. I don't care if a defender is demanding the ball. And I'll come back to Xhaka in a bit. But I don't care if a defender is demanding the ball. I'm not comfortable with us playing from the back in this situation. It's going over the top. So to cut things short, right, I want a goalkeeper that's going to be in charge. That's going to control. He, he, the goalkeeper's looking up the field. The defenders are looking back at the, the goalkeeper, so they don't necessarily see what goes on around them, yeah? So I want a goalkeeper that's going to look up the field and decide for himself what he's going to do with the ball. And he's not going to be told by the defenders what he's going to do with it. He's going to read the game and he's going to play it. And Leno don't do that very well, so. No, mate, he hasn't. And in all fairness, I've stuck up for him a couple of times and I've criticised him and others. And, you know, that instance you're talking about on, on Friday... I, I thought the pass is not, there's no, nothing wrong with the pass to Shaka, but then Shaka decides to dilly dally. We we never seem to have the fluidity. He's not there. He's, there's always someone that that stops a play and decides to stand and wants a cup of tea. And you, you you don't get that time on the ball in the Premier League. You know, across the pitch and across the, the squad, uh, majority of our players just doesn't don't have that. Um, you know, they they don't seem to have the uh, the quick thinking. You know, you've got to be yeah, you've got to be thinking like, for instance, I, I played against. People, you know, I played over Roger Stewart House, right, against older people, ex-professionals and everything. You turn up, they're all arrogant. You go, well, these players are old. These players are, you know, they're slow now. They're past their best. They might be slow in their feet, but they're 10 seconds quicker up there. So by the time I've gone to him and shut him down and try to make the tackle, he's already made the pass and move because he's 10 seconds quicker up there. And our players have got to learn to do that more in the Premier League. Because it doesn't, Shaka's not the quickest and he's never going to, he's never going to adapt. He, he, he can't get quicker at his age. But what he can do is start thinking quicker in the brain. And if he's quicker up there, then the rest of his game will come. You know, Friday was just an absolute embarrassment. Standing there on the ball, waiting to pass when he's got two or three men shutting him down. It's just ridiculous. And across the... Wait, hold the jack a bit a minute. Hold the jack a bit because you're right on the line. You're right on, on the ball here, son. You're right on the ball. And I know where we're heading and I'm coming with you. But wait until Fergus asks us about the midfield, son. Just hold it a minute, yeah? Let him finish with the defence, yeah? Yes, boss. So defensively, <laughs> def defensively, Chambers uh, and and people are right to said in the chat. Bellerin didn't start; it was uh, Chambers uh, that started. And Chambers came into a lot of criticism, uh, in particular for uh, the uh, first goal. Now, uh, it was at the other end from us, uh, but I did watch the replay since. And to be honest, I think there was a bit of a a complete mess and Chambers was the last man before that shot was taken uh, and uh, did, is he at fault Steve for for, for that goal? Um, I've seen it a couple of times and I, I, for me it was just a very good shot I mean it was a mess there, there was the scrambling on the line as it went back and then kicking it out short and you know, letting him come into the box and, and he shouldn't have been allowed to come into the box. That was where the issue lies. And I can't remember who was on the edge of the box who he dribbled past twice. That for me is where the issue is. Because after that, that was an absolute rocket. 
of a shot. And I, I thought it hit the side net when I first saw it. And so I think as a collective, the shot shouldn't have got away. But to blame it on an individual, considering the type of shot it was, I, 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 don't, I don't think you can point a finger. Um, but just, just quickly on the goalkeeper front, Raya at Brentford, we were supposed to have got him last season. Last, you know, start of last season, we didn't. Then he was apparently available in the in the January window. We didn't get him, and then you know now I, he's a good keeper and he would be a fantastic number two. I don't know whether he wanted to stay in January in case they went up. I don't know, but um, yeah, you know, agree on it with everything on Leno. Um, Matt Ryan would have been good uh, good to stay, but he wanted first-team football. And, and with Leno still here, there was no guarantee of that. And as Tony said, two years in a row, Leno was Leno was brilliant. And right now, whether Aaron Ramdell does come in or not, he he may not be the best option. He may be more expensive than what he's actually worth. But I tell you what, he's better than Renaissance. So, and I'd rather have Ramsdale so, as yeah. second. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be honest, uh, I, I'm not sure on Ramsdale, uh, Ramsdale at all. Um, so no. you know, I I he watch Arsenal. Most, and, and, uh, <laughs> most people are unfair in fairness, but you know, don't ruin yeah. the guy. The guy's 19 years of age, so like you know, oh, give no, him half. No, a chance. no, no. So, uh, but, no, he's not a young guy. I don't think. Well, he's Aaron Ramsdale's really 23, but, but in, in goalkeeping terms, he's still relatively young. Yeah. Yeah, goalkeepers are do get uh, quite old. Uh, Mari um, Tierney had a quiet game. I think he was running up and down the 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 the, the wing, putting some crosses in, putting crosses in when we don't have a striker that will get the head on uh, their head on the end of the ball. It just seems a pointless task, to be honest. It's not his fault. He's doing the job he's doing. He didn't have a bad game. He didn't have an outstanding game. But oh, he's in my top three players of the, the the overall game. Go on, Trev. You're going to say, I feel for Tierney. I honestly yeah. feel for Tierney, and you've nailed it there, Fergus. He, he, he works his socks off up and down that left-hand flank. He, he, I'd, I'd love to know what how far he runs in a game because he covers the full length of the pitch and he covers it for 90 minutes. He don't stop. And when you've got no, when you keep working that wide that wide area, and you've got that to try and get the ball to, you know what are you going to do? What are you going to do? There's no one in the middle. There's no one in the middle that's going to get their head on a cross. I mean, Alba and Alba's been playing on the left anyway, and Lacquer's about five foot, you know, five foot two. And then we've got our young kids. We haven't got someone that can get their head on the ball. And that is why I've been saying for ages. I've said it again this week. All this talk about signing this and signing that, scoring goals or win. I know defending wins your games. Yeah, I know that. But scoring goals wins you a game. And we ain't had a goal scorer on form for a season and a half. Mm. A season and a half, we ain't had a proper goal scorer on form. You know? Whilst, and whilst we're on that, would you guys have had Tammy Abraham? Would you have welcomed him at Arsenal? 100%. Fergus is just at the now when he said about Tierney's crossing. Yeah. Uh, Abraham that, that's that's exactly 15, it. The way, the way that we play at the moment. He's not elite now, but he's 23. He fits the profile of players we look at. Rumours have it, Arteta's apparently really cheesed off that we haven't signed him. Yeah, um, I, I would. I, it's, more comes out, especially for thirty million plus add-ons as, yeah. as well. It was an absolute still no-brainer. Yeah, I, I would have. Um, I mean, someone just mentioned Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He would be brilliant as well. 
Again, a good player, but just we need to move a little bit. But um, Pablo Marie had a, an awful game. I don't think the the pairing Marie and um, Ben White worked very well, especially you could see that for the second goal. Uh, they're both ball playing centre halves. I think you need um, one to hold, like Gabby could do, or Holding could possibly do, and one to make the runs. Um, I, I, you know, I, Ben White, Trev. Um, what did you make of Ben White's performance? And then I'll go to Tony and then we'll move into the midfield and the forward line. Well, I thought he'd done all right, Fergus. He's only been with us a couple of weeks, you know. We got I'm not even gonna I don't even want to discuss his performance. He's got like he's got a couple of months of bedding in for me. You know, maybe he shouldn't have even been in the team yet. He should have still been learning all, all our stuff in training. But he is in and uh you know, he had a blinder against Chelsea, albeit in a pre-season friendly, and had an absolute blinder. So, I'm not worried about Ben White at all. I'm, 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 people on social media have been starting to say, oh, he weren't very good, he weren't this, he weren't that. How on earth do you come up with that conclusion? He's played 90 minutes of football. Give the lad a break. I've got no problem with Ben White at all. He will. He's a young man coming into the side, and he will improve. There's far other worries within our football club than Ben White. Tony, should he should he not be ball watching there? Should he be closer to the ball? Should he should he? Uh, and for the benefit of people on audio, I've got a, I've got a picture of the second goal um, where the two Brentford defenders go up and muscle out Tierney and and Ben White just standing there. Uh, it was a I'm long throw. Well, I'm, I'm not. But, but Fergus, that's not. That's not a... No, 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 no. Hang on, hang, hang, hang on, Trev. Let me qualify. It was a, it was a long throw. It a wrong a long throw. It. Bounced funny, and I think the bounce caught him a little bit as well. Tony, to come back, and then Trev, you can come in. The picture doesn't do it justice and doesn't give the whole the whole. Um, you can't see the whole picture there because when that ball's come across, now regardless of whether I played Saturday football, Sunday morning football, whatever, even my keeper comes and claims that and takes the pressure for the defence, or me as a tallest person clears that. I'll win that area and clear that. Now, either Leno's got to come and claim that, or Pablo Mari's got to win that header. There's no ifs or buts about anything else. It's, it's, it's comical defending that is um, from numerous uh, people. He's weak, physically weak. We was bullied. Um, and, and just going back to Ben White, what Trevor was saying, I don't have a massive problem with Ben White. We sort of know what we're going to get with him. The only, the only thing I would say that did worry me a bit was the aerial ability. Tony, sort your your microphone out. I'm going to um, unplug it and, and plug it back in again. And then, uh, I'll, Trev, you, you challenged me on... Um, uh, on the Ben White on that on that steal. What yeah. Well look at the picture again, folks. It's a picture. You don't know what Ben White's doing. If you look at that picture, the two Brentford the two Brentford attackers and who's that at the back post? Is that Mari? They're all look they all look like they're ball watching as well. You can't make a judgment for that. There's two there's 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 you know there's Tierney on his own really but you know, but you can't make a judgment from a picture on what's gone on there. You need to give Ben White a break. Get off his back. Off I, his no, back. no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm just having the discussion, mate. That's all I'm doing. Um, Tony, just say hello to us. Are you, are you back in? Hello, can you hear me? Yeah, it's a bit crackly. That that headset, that iPhone head. You pay pay fifteen hundred quid for a phone, and the earphones are rubbish. Um, let's move into the midfield, uh, um, Steve. So we had uh, Smithrow, we had Shaka, and we had um, 
Lakonga in the midfield. Smith Rowe obviously playing the more forward of the of of those three. Um, Shaka, move on. Um, uh, <laughs> you, you know, let, let, let's look at Lakonga. Let's try and keep it upbeat and look at all negative things. Lakonga for me uh, didn't set the world on fire. What he did do is when he broke the play up, he did actually pass the ball forward, not sidewards, not backwards. Yeah. You know, you um, know what he reminds he, me he, of? He he reminds me of a blend of El Nenny and Partey. He moves forward, he tries to drive with the ball. Defensively, positionally, he's fairly sound. Didn't in the games he's played, he hasn't seemed to put a foot wrong. You know, Partey sometimes will try and overplay a pass or will over play a shot or or something so he hasn't quite got that but I think that maybe just because it's, he's young he's sort of bedding in he doesn't want to do anything too risky but defensively and positionally he, see, he seems quite sound he's like a, a blend of the two quite steady never going to set the world alight but also you know not quite as adventurous as as Partey is I, I, I like him I thought he had a I thought he had a solid game considering now Trev we talked uh, continuously throughout the game, uh, you more than me actually this time for for once because you complained about me talking so much and singing so much of the Brighton game. Um, but you weren't very happy with obviously Leno we discussed already, but you weren't very happy with um, with uh, Shaka at all. Uh, do you want to explain a little bit more on that? Firstly, stick on Lukonga, right for a second. Lukonga, you know, twenty one years old, coming into the Premier League, thought he was solid enough, yeah. Nothing, yeah, it's only summed it up. Uh, Terry, excuse me, Terry summed it up perfectly there. It wasn't spectacular, but he didn't he didn't worry me at all. You know? No. Nope. Right, so you asked me about Xhaka. Now, I'm not going to mention anything about Xhaka other than his football, right? Let's put everything else to one side. Correct. Let's forget what we've been going on and on and on about now for a long time. That's done. Let's put that aside to say it's done, right? Let's look at the man as a footballer, right? And I think the problem with him is, I think his main problem is, he actually thinks he's a bit better than he is, you know. Mm-hmm. He actually thinks he's better than he is. He's got this no stuck up in the air attitude that he's like, you know, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a player. And but actually, he's, he's all right at doing the basics, but he ain't a lot better than that. And and as a as a creative midfielder, don't forget he's not our midfielder. Defensively, he's meant to be our creative midfielder. He don't. He's, he's very poor indeed. Now, the only two players that come away, well, two of the main players that come away with any amount of credit on Friday night were Smith Rowe and, and, and Saka. Smith Rowe ran his socks off all game, and Saka ran his socks off when he came on. And I don't think they got the ball hardly at all from from Granite Xhaka, who should be feeding them. You know. He demands the ball from players in areas where he shouldn't be demanding the ball because Tony said it earlier, he's not good enough on the ball to have the ball in them closed down areas and do something with it. And he's not, he, he, he doesn't get us forward. He doesn't, we don't move freely enough. You know, when, if, when I, I, this is only my opinion, when people are, what when, when the other players are watching Granite Xhaka get the ball, if you were playing in the same side as Granite Xhaka and he got the ball, what would you be thinking? He's going to go square here. He's going to go square. I'm not going to make a run because it's highly unlikely I'm going to get the ball. Yeah? And he should be the, our player that moves that ball from the back four 
or back five through the midfield and off to our, our, our very exciting, you know, foot attacking midfield players. He should be moving that ball quickly and he's not doing it. He's too slow and he moves the ball too square. And his major problem is he thinks he's a lot better than he actually is. Heath, yeah, do you know, did have, I was just seeing Heath's comment to finish off. Heath, yeah, he did have a de decent European Championship. But the European Championship ain't no Premier League, mate. Mm. European Championship nope. No did you see? Um, did you guys see the picture of of when Granite Jacker passed the ball out to Danny and there was three players running in the box? He could have threaded either one of those balls, and instead he put it out to Tierney. He crossed it, and we lost it. Um, Trules, a friend of the show, also put up um, our midfield could be Lakonga Odegaard. He's Norwegian, so he does have a. Trulls. Trulls. He's got a stiffy for the. Um, for the... <laughs> <laughs> for, for for the Norse, uh, the Scandinavians, uh, and Saka, ESO, and Pepe, that five in the midfield. Um, not for me. Uh, Tony, um, do you want to carry on from where you were talking about Saka and lead us into Pepe and his performance? Um, just on Charles's comment there, uh, technic technical uh, ability-wise, I've got no problem with that, with that midfield. But in terms of physicality and power, pace, it'll just get bullied. It'll just get absolutely run all over by the bigger sides, the more physical, powerful sides. It's not, it's not good enough. Uh, in terms of Shaka, um, Shaka is a, a bit of an enigma. Um, I look at him and I think on, on his day, he's a good player and he's shown it in certain games, FA Cup finals uh, against Kante. Um, but it's all it's all individual games. It's not. There's no uh, real consistency. Now this goes on to what Trev says about Shaka being. He thinks he's a lot better than what he is. If he had a different mindset, Shaka, uh, and I used an example a couple of years ago after the uh, the armband incident um, with the the clapping of the fans. Jordan Henson had something very similar to him happens at Liverpool. Um, Jordan Henson didn't hide. He put his head down. He worked his absolute socks off. He gave his all for the team. Now, Shaka has to do something similar to, to if he's going to be a success at Arsenal and, and turn things around, which doesn't look like it's going to be the case. He has to stick his head down, work hard, work probably harder than anyone else on that pitch. But being Luxy Daisy, being a bit like away with the fairies, he's no good in the Premier League because you're going to get picked off every single time. You've got to be on your toes. You've got to be looking around your shoulder. You've got to know what you've got in and around, um, around you. So when you receive that ball, you know exactly what you're going to be doing. This is, again, about forward thinking, about the top players will know what they're going to be doing 10 seconds before they receive that ball. And that separates the elite players from the average players. Now, Shaka for Switzerland is a very decent player. But for Arsenal, he's not. And I just, that, that whole mindset of Shaka has got to change because otherwise we're just going to be talking about the same stuff for the rest of his contract. Dilly-dallying on the ball, losing the ball, giving away uh, mistakes, chances, goals, etc., etc. Only he can change it. Um and if I'm honest, although I've stuck up for him a number of times over the years, I can't see him changing. I can't see it change. I think we're going to be talking about this for the rest of his Arsenal career. Um, and your thoughts on on Pepe and his performance? I know um, I've not been a big fan of Pepe uh, for a while. I call him a one-legged leg donkey. There's... Some people in the chat think he's fantastic, and he did. He did score a few goals for us uh, at the latter end after Christmas uh, last season. Um, but I, I'm still not convinced he's good enough to be uh, an Arsenal player. Although, what's what level are we at at the minute? <laughs> but to be, to be, I, I don't think Pepe had a great game Friday. I, I really don't think he had a great game. I, I've been 
looking forward to Pepe this season. I'm hoping he's still going to prove me wrong or continue to prove me wrong because at a, after Christmas, his whole persona, his attitude changed. And I'm not just talking about the goals and the assists. I'm talking about his defensive work rate, his build-up play. He looked fitter, stronger um, after that red card against Leeds. But on Friday, I thought he was poor. I thought, in all fairness, apart from uh, Laconga, Tierney and Smith-Rowe, they're the only three pe people that, that could have walked off that pitch with their heads held high on, on Friday. The rest of them, I thought, were really disappointing and poor. Um, and Pepe, in and around with the kids, he was that leader. He or he should have been that leader. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't want to know. As soon as a couple of tackles come in, and I watched, I watched him uh, do step over after step over after step over, as you did, Trev, uh, on Friday night. I also watched the West Ham game on Sunday lunchtime. I watched. St. Maximum, do step over after step over after step over and do Damien Rice in like a proper kipper. Put a great cross in and they score a goal. Pepe is nowhere near that standard, standard Trev, is he? Ferg, just a quick one, mate. You've got to start sorting your names out. Damien Rice. Damien Rice. Declan Rice. Declan Rice. Yeah. Damien Rice is a... Yeah. yeah, you and bloody names, I'll tell you. He ain't a footballer. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. It, it, it's part of the show. It's part of the show. <laughs> Trev. Pepe, Pepe started to fill me with a bit of hope towards the back end of last season. He genuinely did fill me with a bit of hope. But looking at the game on Friday and, 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 and putting it on its own, the game on Friday, he, he was awful. He was, he was worse than bad. He was awful. And do you know what? I actually think he was trying, but I just don't think he was good enough. He kept running up a blind alley and, and every time someone come near him, he got tackled and lost the ball. And he kept losing the ball and losing the ball and losing the ball and losing the ball. It wasn't a one-off. It went on most of the bloody nights. You know? <laughs> Hello, Ben. All right, mate. You're not wrong there, mate. But, uh, ben, you've just ruined me. <laughs> Pepe was very bad on Friday night. Very bad indeed. He was probably... In in the you'll probably make a case for him being our worst player on the field on Friday night. He was that bad, Pepe. He was that bad. Um, the player I'd like to talk more about, and the player who I thought um, had the best game of all, and was my man of the match. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get replaced by our Norwegian friend, but um, Emil Smith Rowe. I got that one right, didn't I, guys? Um, the, the, sorry, look, everyone's just ruining me in the chat. I got Terry going, rice is not. <laughs> it's potato is uh, more an Irish product. Yeah, thank you, Terry. Um, uh, Smithrow, uh, Steve, what did you make of Smithrow's performance? Uh, you, you would have seen him playing for the youth, how well he was. We saw him at the, uh, the latter half of last season, how fantastic yeah. he was. And he's just filling those boots. He's got that number ten shirt. He's he he's grasp, grasping that contract in Gonford, isn't he? I, I I've liked him a lot for ages. I, I thought he was brilliant at Huddersfield as well. Let's not forget. Um, people were questioning whether or not he could step it up early last season, and I, and I think you know even even Arteta, even the management were questioning whether or not he could step it up. But I think after. You know, after seeing six months of William, we had to give him a chance. And I'm so glad we did because the kid hasn't looked back. He has not looked back. We as fans have not looked back. Um, 
he, you know, even if things aren't coming off for him, he is always trying, always trying to get forward, do something. He's not afraid to get back and put a foot in. Um, he can go wide if the play is going out wide to give an offer, you know, offer an overlap or offer a run on the inside. He's he's just relentless. He doesn't stop, and, and that's that's a very good point. You know, he could be like you know like Saka was uh, last last season when we were all saying, "Oh, he's knackered." He's, you know, he's played forty odd games, and this is by like March. He's he's playing out of his skin, and he's playing at such a high intensity. Yes, he's young, so he can do that, but but it's a lot. And and I think the my one worry with Smith Rowe this season is the pressure. And the same with Saka. Not so much that I think Saka will deal with it well, um, especially after the Euros and after the support he got. I think Saka's gonna gonna really, you know, really be good. But Smith Rowe, I think if he can handle that pressure and handle that expectancy, I think we, you know, we've got another hell of a player on our hands. And I don't think do I don't think Erdegaard is gonna. I don't think Erdegaard is gonna replace him. I think Erdegaard will probably play out wide a little bit more. Um, I don't think Smith Rowe will be shoved out wide if if he plays like he did on Friday. I think Erdegaard will be the one filling that that right hand side, especially if Pepe does perform like he did, or if you know Martinelli's not playing on the left and Aubameyang goes. You'll see, the good thing with the thing I like about Erdegaard is his flexibility. Keep Emil Smith Rowe as a central attacking midfielder as a number ten because he. He dictates the play. He, you know, even if things aren't coming off, he doesn't drop back and sit there and sulk like a like a previous number ten. Um, he is, yeah, I love him. I love him. <laughs> I was almost get, going to get um, his name on the shirt, but I couldn't. Steve, Steve, you just talking about paying another twenty quid. You just talking about Smith Rowe there. Do you know what my biggest worry regarding Smith Rowe is? And it's got nothing to do with the man himself. It's about what's in front of him. I watched him Friday mm-hmm. night. How many times did he get that ball and strive forward? He's, stri- he's striving forward and he's got no pass, he's got no options. And you're thinking, uh, yeah, he's carrying that ball when he's waiting but for the pass, he's waiting for the pass. And w- he still did it. He still no, went no. the next time. He's, what I'm that's, saying, that's- he's going to be judged on goals and assists because he's in that position where he's going to be judged mm-hmm. on goals and assists. If well, our strikers don't deliver and he ends up with no assists, people are going to go, he's crap. Well, that ain't, that, he wasn't crap. Like, people in the WhatsApp group saying he's two out of ten, he's crap, ain't worth five million and deluded, right? He, he his performance Friday was top notch, but he mm-hmm. won't get the credit because we didn't win. We didn't win yeah. because he didn't get the assist. We, you know, he didn't get the credit because he didn't get a goal. That's not necessarily his fault because he done everything he could yeah. for us to win. It was players around him that didn't do the job. The strikers, there was no movement there. And now I'm including Martinelli, I'm including Balogun, and I'm including Pepe mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You just and I just worry that his biggest problem this season may not be down to him. It may be what's in front of him. Possibly, mm. I, I I I agree with you, Tony. And and Balogun was uh, poor in the first half, and he was taken off, and he was replaced by um, uh, Saka. Um, and uh, you know, uh, Trev, we were there, and we we saw there were sixteen and a half thousand people there. They made more noise than Wembley Stadium between the Arsenal fans and the Brentford fans, despite what the media say. And uh, the welcome that man got. Um, totally deserved uh for one uh the his ability to uh the crap he dealt with by some of the knuckle dragon idiots and three the bravery of standing up and take a penalty at, at the last penalty uh for the euros in the euros um his performance was outstanding uh i i felt and i think he lit up smith row uh he helped martinelli who looked a bit 
little bit tired probably from the Olympics. Uh, it was probably a bit uh, of an early call up for him. Um, but what was your overall, just to finish up on the Brentford game, your overall feeling of one, the welcome of the Brentford fans to, to him and his performance? Look, right. We can't move on. We, we're, I'm going to I'll sum up what's just been said, and I'm going to agree with Big Tony again. I've I've managed to avoid it all night, but I'm going to agree <laughs> with you. But but when we've said this, we must talk about our forward power figures, uh, what happened in forwards, because it's very important. But to, Smith Rowe ran up and down the field all night and had nowhere to go. No one running off him. Nowhere. No one to give the ball to. Nowhere to go. Kieran Tierney ran up and down the line all night and, and had no one to cross to, no one to put the ball in. Um, Saka, Bukayo Saka, who I've loved ever since I was fortunate enough to see his senior debut when he came on as a substitute a few years ago in Kiev, right? Bukayo Saka got a welcome he deserved from both sets of fans, right? Because not only, not only has he been for a rough time and he deserved that welcome, but he got a welcome deserving of a player of his standard because he's good to watch. And when he came on, he lifted us again. He lifted us again. And, and him and Smith Rowe were together running their socks off, you know. And what I've always said, right, I want to see Arsenal win every game of football. Every single game of football, I want them to win. But if I come out of a ground and I think that, that football club, those players on that field have given me everything they possibly had. They left nothing. They they left everything on the field. Bought nothing off with them. Then I'm not going to be too disappointed. And the only time, the only players I could say that about on Friday night were Smith Rowe, Saka, when he came on, and Kieran Tierney. And that's not enough. Three out of the eleven ain't going to win us games, you know. So we talked a lot about Smith Rowe, Tierney, Saka, but we we can't move on from the Brentford game until we talk about our lack of firepower up front, Fergus. And I'll start you off. I'll carry on, mate. And I'll sow the seed for, for you three boys to pick up on, right? We've already spoken about Pepe. Pepe was horrendously poor, right? He was a rare... He tried. I honestly think Pepe had a tr tried, you know, but he just didn't seem good enough. They'd worked him out. They'd worked him out. Balogun, we've been calling for Balogun, and it was only for his first game, so we have to give him a bit of grace. But he was like not... He, he, was, he wasn't there. He weren't there. He just wasn't available to take the ball off, off, off of, off of uh, Smith Rowe or Saka or Tierney, and he just didn't do it. And as for Martinelli, the only thing I can think of with Martinelli was he must have been tired after returning from the Olympic Games because yeah. he was in the same league as Balogun. They were both very and and Balogun, Pepe, and, and Smith Rowe were. Uh, excuse me, Balogun, Pepe, and um, Martinelli were all really poor. And when we've got three players up the front in the in the front third of the field playing that poor, we don't win games and we're not even in games and we weren't in the game on Friday, you know. So we've got major problems up front because they were the replacement for our so-called grade A strikers in Lacquer and Alba. And I wasn't even upset that Lacquer and Alba weren't playing. So we're in a mess up front. I said it at the start of the show and I'll say it again now and I've said it for ages now. Our biggest, biggest thing we need is a big, bad, mad, horrible centre forward that's going to make the runs, demand the ball and hold the ball up and set up and score some goals. We need that badly. 
I can't I can't disagree with you uh, at all on that, Trev. Um, without we've been we've been lacking that for the last season. Bamiang, uh, he scored what I think fourteen, fifteen goals in all competitions last season. Um, he just, you know, we, we, we talked about Calvert Lewin. Uh, there's talking about uh, Tammy Abraham, who's now at Roma. Um, who who out there, Steve? Would you see as a replacement? Um, uh, centre forward going forward, and then we look at the Chelsea game after that. Um, the one I would like that's sort of realistic, but kind of not realistic, would probably be Calvert Lewin. I, I think he, because I've got a mate who's an Everton fan, a good mate, so we'd often be on Xbox or whatever, and we'd have the Everton game on and the Arsenal game because everything was everything was so accessible last season. And I thought, you know, he, he tailed off at the end of the towards the end of the season, but their their team fell apart. But he has pace. He's very good in the air. He's very good with the ball at his feet. He's English, you know, so that 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 goes in his favour now. Um, and it does then England it, it, international. It doesn't, it doesn't go in there, though, does it? Because the English international, you, you're going to be talking double the fee. You probably need yeah, seventy eight. Yeah, of course, but I mean. I, but a lot of clubs are happy to pay that now because of the the homegrown quotas, um, and and you know, the Premier League cracking down on on how many you know foreign players, big big money foreign players are coming into the league. So, um, I would really like Calvert Lewin. If we're looking abroad, um, and, and we're judging on <laughs> Charles is obviously uh, mentioning Haaland. Um, Haaland would would be fantastic, but never happening. Um, well, it, quite we might look, it's instead. <laughs> I yeah, might, dad, um, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I, I liked the look of uh Patrick Chick uh, um in the Euros and he didn't have a bass yeah. uh Polish. Polish. was he Polish? Patrick Chick's Polish, yeah. Um I, 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 I didn't thought, watch the I Euros. Thought... I'm Irish. Names, <laughs> nationalities, I'll tell you what, Ferg. <laughs> they all look the same, yeah. mate. They I I, the same. I liked I liked him. Um <laughs> Yeah, I like. I think now though, if I mean, a lot of people were saying in the off season about Andre Silva, um, and uh, and I think he's a good player, but he's just short. He's that Aguero style striker, which obviously can can work, and and you can be prolific, and you can be good on the ball. But if we're playing a game, you know, and and if Arteta does keep his job and does stay, we can't be having a main striker that's that's under six foot. We need somebody that can do it both, whether that be in the air. Or on the ball, and I think somebody like Calvert Lewin, somebody like a Patrick Schick, um, you know, Haaland, you know, that sort of, you know, I'm obviously we're not going to get it, but that sort of player, that sort of, um, sorry, sorry, he's not Polish, he's Czech. Matt's just, yes, that's just right, he's, he's Czech, not Polish. Um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would like him, and I don't think he'd be. I don't think it'd be a, it'd be a lot of money. Calvert Lewin would be fantastic, um, but yeah, this is not. It doesn't seem to be a hell of a lot out there available. I'll tell you, either, I'll tell you the top, person you could pick. Uh, Dembele. A lot of, no, um, uh, obviously you know you get your Edouard, who, who's only 15, 18 million, Jokovic at Real Madrid, etc. One person you may not see a lot of minutes this season um, over at PSG is Mario Incardi. I'm a big fan mm-hmm. of his. Um, I don't I know think, how much. Yeah. Um, but I can't see him getting too many minutes the way PSG are, are going to be sort of set up to play. Um, he's going to be their backup and if striker. Mbappe goes, there's yeah, talk that Mbappe will. goes. And if Mbappe goes, Icardi will play as the as the. Um, 
but yeah, I'm a big, great shout. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of these. Um, I, I like the likes of uh, Jokovic at Real Madrid, Edouard at Celtic. They're sort of cheaper alternatives, certainly Edouard. But uh, um, you know, if you're if you're talking at a big fella, you're talking of yeah, Incardi, Dominic Calvin Lewin, um, even. Uh, there's another cheaper fella that people keep mentioning on uh, Weghorst. Weghorst. See, he's a lot. A lot of people mention Weghorst. I wouldn't personally. He's, he's like, not. Listen. He's not agile enough. As he's good in the air, but he he doesn't offer the agility. And and I think if you're playing with, you know, the one thing Giroud, considering he was a, the one thing Giroud was very good at was playing back to goal. Right, people talk about Lukaku and his how poor his first touch is. He's big, he's a lump, but so he's good on the ball and yourselves. he's good back to goal. <laughs> hey, right. Listen, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here. <laughs> Listening to you two boys waffling on for a minute, right? Makes I'm sense. Even Tony show. It's the big show. You're <laughs> watching the big podcast. <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate, Fergus, in that if you were sent... I'm going to put you... put put Do it again. I did it just now. If you were sent a forward playing for Arsenal and you had the so-called... Midfield playmaker that's going to play the ball, meant to be playing the ball forward that we've got. How enthusiastic would you be about making the runs? How if you, when you've got someone playing behind you that you know they've got space in front of them to play the ball forward, but they still turn. Actually, they don't just they don't play the ball back from facing backwards. They'll be facing forward with space in front of them, and they'll turn and play the ball sideways and backwards. As a forward, how enthusiastic would you be about playing in front of that? Just devil's I'd be, I'd be you know? less enthusiastic, but at least the ball's going sideways to somebody like Callum Chambers or Kieran Tierney, who can actually get across it, as opposed to Bellerin and Kolasinac. So, swings and roundabouts. Nothing wrong with Bellerin. Ooh, go on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I totally see your point, but, but yeah, we need someone that can do both. We need someone that can come deeper, play the ball be comfortable with the ball at their feet. Or, also, or, do, yeah. or do we need two strikers, a plan A and a plan B? Our plan that B would be, is apparently one of Lacazette or Aubameyang. And, plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, guys, um, uh, before before we finish, uh, myself and Trevor will know about this. At halftime, uh, there was no beer at the halftime uh, at the Brentford game. Uh, and we are moving on to the Chelsea game and then going to finish up then there afterwards. Um but uh, at halftime, there was a, a steward that came up to m myself and Trev, and he goes, "All right, lads." And Trev politely said, uh, "You know, I'm not in the mood to talk to you," uh, as he would. And uh, he said, Are "You happy with the score?" I said, "Well, it's one nil. Of course, we're not happy." And he said uh, something along the lines, "Well, I'm not really interested. I want a draw. I've got no benefit here." I said, "Who do you support then?" He said, "I'm a Man United fan." And I went, "Okay." Um, and uh, I said, I can tell by the accent, London accent, he would be a Man United fan, <laughs> um, which which was fine. Myself and Trev then vacated that area and we talked among ourselves and went back to our seats. Um, I uh, left down a different stairwell from Trev and he was on the, the, the stairwell that I was on going, evening, lads, evening, lads. Have a nice evening, Arsenal fans. And I thought, how lucky is he to be alive today? You just need an idiot Trevor, you, you, you saw who the guy was. You just need an idiot to be very annoyed, Tony, and mm -hmm. uh, just rearrange his teeth for him. Well, this is something that Brent... You should just tell What's what that? I done. You should have just did what I did and told him to bugger off. Told, what, was know, that what you said? Well, it was along those lines. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I, I did go up to one of their other stewards and got uh, one of the seniors involved and said that guy oh. shouldn't be in the home end. 
Uh, it shouldn't yeah. be in the in the away end. It should be in the home end. Um, guys, Chelsea. We got Chelsea on Sunday, 5.30. First home game of the season. Uh, we've started the season with um, our first away opener for 21 years. Uh, um, what do you think about our home opener, Tony? Hello, Tony. Are He's you gone. There? You are cold. Oh, sorry, mate. I had, I, had a bit of a, I had a little bit of a freeze there, mate. Apologies. Um, yeah, I, I'm not looking forward to Sunday, mate. Well, I am. I'm looking forward to the whole day up until half past four. Um, I don't know. Again, we've discussed this for the last year, two years, three years. Again, it just depends what Arsenal turn up. Arsenal could quite easily turn up and beat Chelsea Sunday. It wouldn't be a great surprise to me. Um, but then on the other hand, we could turn up and lose three or four nil. And again, that wouldn't be a surprise to me. Um, the only thing I would say for, for all the faults and flaws of Arteta, big game results have improved. Um, we haven't lost uh, against United under obviously Arteta. A record against Chelsea is pretty good under Arteta. Um, and that's all I've got, I've got to go on, mate. I'm, I'm trying to cling on to the positives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, like I say, Arsenal could turn up and win. Wouldn't be a surprise. We could lose three or four nil, and it wouldn't be a surprise. You just turn up. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a lottery at the moment with Arsenal. Um, Steve, you'll never have witnessed Arsenal uh, in this sort of state. To, to be fair, because of when I started supporting Arsenal, I've not really witnessed uh, Arsenal uh, being in such a state uh, as they are results-wise and team-wise. Because um, I started when ninety-three, so we were starting on the up again. Um, uh, so, just, so just on the way what, into this world, ninety-three. Uh, so, what's your thoughts and, and, and expectations and score predictions? We'll do afterwards. What's your what's your thoughts and expectations for the game? Um, Does let me final question then, uh, rather than answering that one? Does Lacazette and Aubameyang start? No, 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 no. It's middle of the week and we're being told they're still ill. Oh, see you later, Tony. Um, it's middle of the week and we're being told they're ill. If they're still ill today. Better not risk them on Sunday. Nah, okay. nah, don't. If 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 just it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to rush back in if if they couldn't play last week and they're still ill earlier on. You know, don't rush them back because if they are if they are genuinely ill, they're not going to be a hundred percent for the game. And if they're not genuinely ill and there's something else going on, get them out. Either sort your heads out and work your way back in. A couple of weeks worth of training, you know, work hard, or get them out. So there's there's no there's no middle ground. I wouldn't I wouldn't have either of them start. Um, but expectation wise, I just don't want us to get thrashed, and I want every player that's on that pitch to at least try. That's that's you know Chelsea are a very good side now. You know last season they were a decent side and we beat them in the new year um, or Boxing Day even. We've got to got to at least try and get something from it. If we don't, and and everybody's putting a hundred percent, you go, oh, that's 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 naff. We go again next week and hope for the same against City. Um, but anything again, it's Arsenal. Anything can happen. <laughs> it's it's strange, but I just I just want the team to try, and I don't want an absolute drop in. Trev, uh, I will see you in the pins. Um, there will be loads of people that we don't know at the game because it's been released to friends and family and general sale. 
when is the last time you've seen a category A game, as they call them, be released to general sale? Look, firstly, Fergus, right? Firstly, Fergus, we've done enough of being down tonight. We've we've done it to bits. We've pulled the Brentford game apart. So that's it. That's done. That's, That's gone now. If we're proper Arsenal fans, we're now looking forward to Chelsea. Right, and the, the the stadium ain't going to be full on Sunday. It's going to be nowhere near full. It it wouldn't surprise me if some Chelsea fans ain't got hold of some tickets all over the stadium because Arsenal been trying to get rid of them left, right, and centre. So that'll be interesting. But uh, I don't really care. I'm going to be at the game. I'm, I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm going to watch my team and I'm going to cheer them till I can't shout again. And if we get beat again, we get beat again, and we'll all moan again. But I'll still be there the following week again, doing it all over. I honestly think we might show a pair of balls against uh, against Chelsea and lift that game a bit and actually and actually okay. perform a bit. You know, um, who knows? Who knows? We can't really say what's going to happen against Chelsea because we ain't got a clue. Because that Brentford game was a strange do. But you know, let's lift it a bit. We're Arsenal fans. We'll be there on Sunday. We'll shout our team on and we'll shout them on again the following week, win, lose or draw. So I'll see you in the pins, Fergus. I'm going to let you buy me a beer, which is highly unusual. I cannot wait to get a photograph of Big T and Little T. It's going to be absolutely hilarious. That's going to be funny. Um, That's going to be funny. Yeah. And uh, and at the end of the day, as I said, and I said it about four times in the last two minutes, I make no apology for it. I'll say it again. We're Arsenal fans. We've rightly pulled the Brentford game apart. Rightly. Because Arsenal were poor. And we're entitled to do that. We've not been rude. We've not shouted and sworn and abused anybody. We've given opinions on what was a bad Arsenal performance. And we're right to do that. But that's gone now. Real Arsenal fans, the real Arsenal fans, will be right up for the game against Chelsea and we will be at it. And I'll tell you now, Fergus, the reason they've not sold all the tickets for Sunday is because they're trying to charge uh, Champions League stand prices for League One standard football. And that don't wash. Correct. People are not going to pay £100 a ticket to watch an average team play. If Arsenal pick it up and get in the Champions League again, they'll sell it out every week again. Arsenal have been silly. They've, they've kept the prices high. They've kept the games categorised. And they're going to pay the price. Now, if you look on the website, like I did tonight, for the, the following home game against Norwich... Which is the tickets are a lot cheaper because it's a low category game. It's nearly sold out, Fergus. It's nearly sold out. So that just tells you the, the proof is there. People are going to pay to watch the Arsenal if they're paying the right price for the standard of football that we're playing. Under a pound a game to watch the Arsenal play at the moment, they're not worth it. Not worth it. No. People won't pay it. I agree. Uh, I think the last time we had uh, lower tenses like this was like post the League Cup with Wenger. Um, and like our, our seats where we are, we're North Bank lower ones, the cheapest ones, and they're like 65 quid. Um, I know the ones that are on sale for friends and family just above us are 85 quid. And the sum, if you've gone on the halfway line, upper tier towards the forward uh, area, £120 for a, a, a ticket. If if you are uh, lucky enough to be able to afford to do that with your kid, that's fantastic. But so many people, um, 
that don't have memberships and and and, and don't have the ability uh, to to have access, don't have the network of people that we might know uh, to get tickets um, via season ticket holders, etc. They they're going to look at that and go, Jesus. If you look at dad and, and and two kids, that's 360 quid plus the travel, plus the shirt that they're going to do and everything. They're looking at five or six hundred pounds for a day out. They can go on holidays. Some, well, not nowadays, but you can go on holidays somewhere for that. Listen, guys, um, I don't think I'm going to even bother doing predictions because, listen, I just, my prediction is that we have a good day out um, and uh, we'll start off on the pins. Um, we'll end up probably in the eaglet, uh, and uh, there's a protest beforehand at 3 p.m. If people do want to go there uh, to that, it's outside on the Bear Roundabout, outside the Armoury at 3 p.m. Um, nothing more to say. Trev, did you have anything final to say? Yeah, we must we, we must touch on Cronky a little for, for a minute, Fergus. We must do because it's high profile at the moment, and, and my views are that, I went to the I went to the last um the last protests at the Emirates, but I wasn't protesting about the money the Arsenal was spending. I don't care where it's come from. We have spent money. What I'm protesting about is the way it's been spent. And I'm also protesting that I want a, an owner that cares about Arsenal Football Club, right? That's engaged with Arsenal Football Club, that turns up to games and stands there and puts a red and white scarf around his neck and actually cheers when we score a goal. And he's actually there at games when we're struggling and stands up and says, well, we're going to try and improve this. And, and he's actually coming and seeing the players and saying, this is one family club. Because you see, in, in life, right, Fergus, it, energy and enthusiasm and commitment starts from the very top, right? Because you're, if you're at the very top of something, you should be that leader. You should be setting the examples. You should be showing what we, what, what, what we need to do. And if we ain't got a, if we ain't got a man at the top doing that, then the players are not going to get the enthusiasm either. You know, so it starts at the top and it works its way down. And that is why I don't think Stan Cronkies or the Cronkies are um, are any good to lead our club. Take the money out of it. You don't need to talk about the money. You can talk about the people. The people ain't the right people. I want I want committed people leading my great football club, the Arsenal. Mm. Totally agree. Uh, Tony, thanks very much for joining us again. Um, I'll see you uh, in person, although you don't remember the last time. I'll see you in person this time uh, for um, a beer prior to the Chelsea game. Uh, Big Steve, I know you come up uh, in a few weeks' time, uh, hopefully to a game or a few, in about a month's time yeah. or whatever. Hopefully so. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, Chloe, sorry, mate, just, just before you uh, you know finish up, that the rogue hey, in the corner, you know the rogue in the corner, Make sure he's got his wallet. Make sure, you know, whatever expenses you give him for doing this podcast, give it to him early because I want not one beer, not two beers. I want three beers. Three what, beers, Trev. Oh, I yeah. I want a bloody pension. Three yeah, beers. I'm paying for that, I'm paying for that state pension. Now I want my money back. Uh, I don't get a state pension. I earn my pension, sunshine. Earned it right. Oh, you're, anyway. such, a, you're such a rogue. Fergus, are we having him on every week, this bloke? Because he's doing the editing. <laughs> Not sure yet. He's, I, he, he, that's the first edition, I think. <laughs> Guys, listen, uh, we've had plenty of people join us uh, over the time. Uh, the numbers have crept up and down, but uh, the numbers have crept up. Uh, I do ask you to like and subscribe us on YouTube. 
Follow us on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Facebook, uh, Instagram, we are Guns and Yellow Ribbons. On Twitter, we're Guns and Ribbons because of character numbers and everything else. Um, and on YouTube, we're Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Also, um, myself and Trevor recorded um, a number of episodes. It was eight episodes, about 10 hours uh, of the Arsenal History um, uh, podcast. Um, for me personally, it was truly enlightening i learned loads about it uh mark and andy from uh the uh, arsenalhistory.com done a fantastic job in, in helping us along there showing me my error of my ways on many occasions uh, even trev a couple of times <laughs> uh but it, it was really enjoyable uh, that's on our youtube channel under the arsenal history uh playlist uh check that one out as well uh, we are an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Hope you've really enjoyed the show. We will carry on doing these oh, throughout no. the season. 4-0. Oh. He's gone 4-0. Uh, I, I, I'm not even going to go there. 2-1 loss. No. 2-1 win. 2-1 win. Okay, I'll 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 go 1-0 for the Arsenal. Just that's, that's that, not that. Uh, Steve, might as well. 1-1. Heathen okay. swine. Who's this nigga Nigel? You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.